Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I am Sam Fain, joined as usual by Todd Gershel and Mike Molesky. We are here this week with a very special episode, uh, not in that 80s sitcom sort of way, but we have our very first promoter spotlight. Uh, we're going to be joined later by Justin Bolka, known as Pike Mojo on the boards. Uh, we got a great conversation coming with him. Uh, really looking forward to sharing that with you. Uh, in the meantime, though, like I said, we've got some news up front, so we might as well just hop right in and get to the open opening bell. Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you. You've got some news for us. Absolutely. Uh, July 9th, 10th, and 11th, Galacticon will be in the greater Philadelphia area in the lovely town of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. We have, uh, it'll be at Molly McGuire's, and uh, and we're going to have a hotel right across the street, the Mainstay Inn. Uh, Details will be up on the website as you look at this. And I think it's going to be fantastic. We have obviously uh, some great stuff lined up for it. We'll have all the details on pricing for everybody to look at. Um, And uh, I know that some fans are looking to go down to the, uh, I'll toss it over to Todd, but, but I think it's that uh, uh, MLW event down in in Philadelphia itself, but uh, lots of people, lots of stuff and lots of great times. So. Yeah, very excited to have something back in person again. Uh, definitely loved all the online uh, cons that we've been doing. And, of course, Galacticon will continue to be online, as we've been saying all along. So uh, you will have the opportunity to participate either in person or online. And um, we'll have, again, pricing up there, the uh, exclusive cards that we have for you uh, at Galacticon. Uh, there will be a legends and a champions card this time. So one of each. Uh, And uh, so if you either register online or if you're there in person, you will get a uh, a copy of those. And um, again, we said, uh, so Friday night, we'll have some type of a cool thing as people are getting into town. uh, We'll announce that uh, a little bit later on. And then uh, Saturday we'll be there all day, but we'll try to be ending a little early to give time uh, for people who want to go into the MLW show at the 2300 arena. You'll have the opportunity to do that. We'll be back on Sunday, finish things up with the uh, Canada cup, Galacticon cup. And uh, actually that's when, Tom Filsinger will be joining us as well as on the Sunday session. So definitely cool things going on uh, both days. Uh, All the details will be up there. We'll probably have some more guest announcements and things like that in the future, but uh, glad to have a venue, have a, have a, you know, times and everything all set uh, and be ready to go come July. And, and, And happy to be in person once again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that is fantastic. That is such great news. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to the festivities. Um, you know, I'm still kind of up in the air whether or not I'll make it in person or not, but I'll definitely you're, be You're going to be there, Sam. We all know you're going to be there because <laughs> your adoring public needs you to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one way or another, uh, in person or virtually, I will certainly be there. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. Last year was such a great time. And now with the, the ability for people to be there in person and everybody get together again, uh, it'll, it'll be you know, even better. So uh, that's fantastic news. Make sure you check out the website, uh, philsingergames.com for more news about that. Um, and then of course, you know, it's, it's release season. Uh, it seems like it's always release season around here, which is awesome. Uh, so we've got some new uh, teasers that have been posted. Uh, we'll kick things off with the legends uh, teaser. Uh, and that is none other than Bill after Mike, talk a little bit about Bill after and uh, his contributions to, to not only professional wrestling, but uh, his, you know, his original card and, and now this new card. 
Well, I, I think obviously anyone who's followed the wrestling business for any length of time knows Bill, the name Bill after they understand uh, just how significant he's been, you know, to the business for all his contributions. I mean, I, he even made the, the uh, Jerry Lawler episode uh, on A&E with. Yeah, that was great track, seeing him there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> tracking down the uh, um, Andy Kaufman neck brace, um, you know, great stuff. I mean, obviously I think, you know, Anybody who's followed after over the years, I think there's a lot of people who've gotten into Phil Singer Games products due to certain ads in Bill After magazines. I think that it's just um, it's awesome that that we had him as part of the game originally. And if we were going to do a ringside, um, you know, personnel edition, I mean, obviously he wasn't necessarily a ringside person all the time, but but I mean, I think he gives so much flavor to a fed that to have done this without bill after would have been sort of hollow so i I i'm I'm really thrilled to have you know uh, really probably you know one of if not the most legendary um you know journalists in in the game uh so to speak it's uh it's awesome yeah i i completely agree you know one of the things that i just i i I couldn't help but think um is is that his contributions in some way are just immeasurable because there's no way of telling exactly the impact that he had on people uh, other than to know that there was an impact by way of those magazines and what he was able to accomplish uh and still to this day you know is is doing uh he's just a great guy and 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 the fact that he has been involved you know in the business in a lot of different ways whether it was you know taking pictures ringside in the 70s or putting together the magazines or doing the hosting of you know some of these videos uh that that uh fairly legendary if you will uh video cassette lords of the ring superstars and super bouts um that he did with gordon Soley. uh i know that for me that that video was kind of revelatory because that was the first time I ever saw the Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, uh, chain match, dog collar match, excuse me, from uh, Starcade. I, I hadn't, I'd never seen it before. I'd heard about it. I'd read about it, but that was the way that I saw it. Cause it was on that, that tape. Um, it was really, really great to, to have him, uh, in color. And, uh, I use that black and white card, uh, in my legends fed, you know, pretty regularly. So I'm sure that this one's going to get a workout. Uh, Todd, anything to add about Bill Apter? Uh, yes. I mean, actually, uh, you know, through Phil Singer games, I got an opportunity to meet Bill after a couple years ago and one of the coolest guys I've ever met in wrestling for sure. Uh, is at uh, King of Trios, uh, the Chikara event. And, you know, we had a table there and he had the table next to me and the two of us were just chatting all night and what a, what a great guy. So, yeah, I'm really thrilled. I mean, he, he was even said, what am I getting a color card? Cause he saw the color. Chikara <laughs> cards. What, what am I going to be in color back then? I'm like, well, now, we finally get to get him in color so very very thrilled for that uh big big, big bill after fan um yeah again uh all his contributions there i I, you know i've heard him on number of podcasts and stuff too really cool story and uh glad to honor him uh there i think you know both him and gary michael capetta both commented about how you know how honored they were you know to be part of that uh part of the set which is really really cool yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, I mean, honestly, you mentioned it, Mike, just his involvement with the Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman feud mm-hmm. is, is enough. Like just that would be enough to put him on the map in the in the history of, of professional wrestling. But there's been uh, obviously so many more contributions. I had the opportunity to meet him as well at StarCast. Uh, and uh, he absolutely thought that I was someone else. I don't know who he thought I was, but he treated me like he was like, hey, man, how are you doing? Yeah, you look great. It's been a long time. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, 
I'm just going to go with this for right now. And if he figures <laughs> out, then I'll let him figure it out. But I'm just going to go with it because this is going to be two minutes of my life and two minutes of his life. And we'll go our separate ways. So, you, uh, you know, uh, but but a very cool guy and, and excited to have that color card. And I, I like but, the artwork. But, you know, that, that those ads, though, man, that's the other thing. You know, yeah. if, if not for Bill Apter ads, I think like half of the original Champions of the Galaxy uh, fans would, would never have found the game. So, Absolutely. So, I, I, so to me, that's the other neat thing about this. It's sort of, it, it's not a direct gameplay thing for me. You know, obviously that's not, we're not, I don't think we're going to have an ad option in, in, on the roll, but, but I, but I think it's, it, it's, it's just kind of cool that we have him in here for just for, for that sort of tie into the whole, you know, his history in the company. kind of. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's it's what I mean. I remember the the issue uh, again was the uh, SummerSlam uh, roundup issue with British Bulldog on the cover with the Intercontinental title. Um, actually, he didn't have the title on him because I think the picture was actually from the pre-match when he was posing in the ring at Wembley. Uh, that was the magazine that had the ad in it that I ended up you know purchasing the game through. So uh, it was responsible for you know for me sitting here right now talking to all of you. Uh, and then of course in in other legends news uh we had the poll for the promoter prime card um and the the results are in the fix is in uh it was indeed uh scotty riggs who won that poll with dan spivey coming in second um let's talk a little bit about scotty riggs todd what do you think of this result I mean, honestly, not surprised at all. I mean, anytime we've done these ones before, you know, there's always a big bias towards people who've never had a card before, which, you know, I, I completely understand, you know, you want, want new guys in there. Some people are fine using, you know, mix of black and white and color. So I'm not really surprised there, but I mean, there's probably a couple other guys I probably would have liked to seen too, but well, I think we're going to have a chance to do some of them in the future. Uh, and, you know, Scotty there, you know, I think there's been some discussion about, you know, which version is you know coming up there and I'm, I'm sure you'll find out pretty soon uh, what that'll be. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've already got the artwork under, under underway for that. So uh, there we go. That's our second name for uh, Q2 in uh, Legends Prime. Yeah, and I wonder. Well, yeah, joining Ranger Ross. I I think another interesting thing is that you know we were non-specific with Scotty Riggs in terms of which Scotty Riggs we got, whereas we're a little more specific with Dan Spivey. And I'm wondering if we'd just been Dan Spivey, you know, how would that? Because Dan Spivey, you know, had a nice. I mean, he was clearly the number two there. I mean, it was was clear number two. And I wonder, you know, for you know somebody who didn't want Golden Boy but would have wanted Dan Spivey, like would that have moved him up, you know, enough? over somebody who voted for Scotty Riggs. It was kind of an interesting thing. Um, yeah. And that is but, a really but the new guys point. do tend to get a little bump. Yeah. Right, right. And that's kind of what I expected. You know, I threw my vote out for Spivey. I liked that it was a blind poll. I liked that we couldn't see the results as we've gone along. Because I know I in can. past, <laughs> that, well, <laughs> you don't count super mod. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think that it was nice for, you know, the majority of us to not know those results because there have been other times when you see a poll and sometimes it does kind of sway your vote to think like, Oh, you know what? Like guy X is, is going to win, or it looks like guy X is close enough to win. And I'll just throw my vote back there because that would be 
that would be fine enough with me. And, and uh, I'm glad that that wasn't the case because I threw my vote in for Spivey early and I didn't change it. You know, I, I, I talked last time, last episode, how I might change my vote, but I decided not to change it, kept it with Golden Boy the whole time. And I think, you know, Riggs probably would have been my second choice. So I, I, I think it's a great choice. And again, I, I agree, Todd, like the opportunity to have somebody that we've never had before, period, is, is, is very cool. So I look, I'm looking forward to seeing seen that card um and i think it'll be it'll it'll be a fun card even though i don't use a lot of 90s guys uh in my legends fed yet um but i'm working my way towards that which is also one of the reasons why i always like having the early iteration of a guy first you know not necessarily saying that that's how it has to be but like with adonis that was one of the cool things was to get you know kind of the biker adonis first as opposed to the adorable one because it it gives you the opportunity to use you know, to play into that gimmick later if you want to, um, which is which is always fun. Not necessary by any stretch. Um, and then, of course, moving on to the Champions of the Galaxy side of things, uh, we've got our first FTR teaser, uh, none other than Crust, uh, <laughs> which has generated a lot of really positive buzz already uh, on the boards, uh, which is super cool. Mike, what do you think of Crust? I think he's a really interesting character. Obviously, you know, uh, I... You know, kind of, I knew he was coming for a while. Um, you know, to, Rob and I talked about him, but I will admit, even I was a little surprised. Rob kind of like went in a little different direction than I don't want to say different direction than I expected. Just it, 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 it was one of those things where I didn't know how he would turn out exactly. And I think it's, it's cool. I think a lot of people really like what they're seeing. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think people are going to really like what he's got cooked up. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. Yes, I mean, I, I saw the, uh, you know, got a little bit of preview of the uh, press conference and stuff where he's being introduced and whatnot, and and that was a lot of fun. But seeing the car just blew me away. Uh, you know, obviously we had a, a change of plans this quarter. Uh, you know, we were thinking of doing FTR later on. You know, we we called Rob's number. He came in to, to pitch hit here, and I think he hit a home run with this uh, this first uh, first one there. So really, really thrilled and looking forward uh, to having him in there and seeing what type of uh, havoc he's going to cause in the FTR. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think that everything that you guys just said, I completely agree with, and the fact that we're getting four cards is awesome. And uh, you know, Crust is is going to be a more than worthy addition to FTR. And uh, I, I think overall, it's just going to be a really cool project. And and the fact that it's coming together this way is awesome. I still need to talk to Todd about that four card thing, how that happens. <laughs> Rob's got, Rob must have, you know, pictures of Todd or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, that's a, the fourth card was his, his annual bonus. You know, that, that, that's, you know, that was the agreed upon thing there. So, you know. Nice. Um, well, anyway, uh, moving on from FTR and over to the Indies side of things, we also have the announcement for Tony Deppen joining the best of the Indies 2021. What a cool announcement. What incredible timing. Like, yeah. let's be honest we, here. We, t- we time these Indies ones impeccably sometimes without even playing. Yeah, playing. because like, Todd, you and I, you know, when we were kind of charting out the teaser release schedule for the Indies, because, you know, I kind of, you, you bounced some ideas off of me. I didn't really have a hand in playing but you you were the one that was planning it all and like Deppen just kind of fell in this slot naturally and this was weeks ago we did this 
And then two nights ago, he becomes the new Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Yeah. So, like, the timing just could not be any better than this to announce him um, for for the game. What a what a what a great uh, addition as well. Someone that I know that myself personally I've wanted for a while, and and others clearly on the board have wanted for a while. So it's super cool uh, to see him. I think the first time I saw him was in Chikara. Um, and then uh, PWG, and then I've seen him in a few other things like Game Changer, um, a couple other places uh, as well. But uh, yeah, just a, a great addition to the game. Really looking forward to it, and I love the art. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, love, love, love Depp, and uh, cool to see him now on a you know, different stage with uh, with Ring of Honor. There, you know, I've been seeing him again. I saw Chikara; he was one and a half of the. Uh, um, it can't be an Parejas uh, for a bit there. And um, yeah, no, it's cool to, to see, you know, uh, to see him really kind of moving up and getting a bigger, bigger stage. I mean, he's was great on those Joe jealous spring breaks, you know, yes. just kind of like the, with the, I think like the, the gatekeeper he was so like, he was always the one that, you know, people had to kind of go through to get up to the champion and stuff like that. So uh, really thrilled to have him in the game as a guy who I've wanted for a couple of years now. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing to to add real quick is that not only is he the Ring of Honor television champion now at this point, but he also becomes the fourth and final member of Violence Unlimited uh, in the game. Because we already have Brody King, Chris Dickinson and Homicide. And now with Tony Depp and you've got the whole stable. So for those that are running, you know, Ring of Honor promotions, you've got that stable to go. Mike, any thoughts about Tony Depp? No, I mean, to me, the the timing again is I, you know, amazing, uh, <laughs> if, if unintentional, amazing. I could tell promoters everywhere. We did not have any heads up on, uh, the, <laughs> no. on the title the didn't give you a call that, and say, Hey, that, 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 that I did not get a call text or email on that ahead of time. So, and I'm pretty sure Todd didn't either. So we, uh, you know, but, but I mean, it's really awesome that we do it's again, to your point that to complete the stable like that, it's awesome. It's one of the things I love, uh, about the indie game is that we're we are so current with it you know legends is awesome because it's a view at the past and a view at history uh but with the indies game it's awesome that we can be so current and be so on top of things and, and be able to be flexible enough to get uh some of these guys who and, and gals who are, are just you know at the top of their game you know jumping into the spotlight just as we happen to be yeah, putting them there too. I mean, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it has nothing to do with us, but we could probably <laughs> pretend we're giving them the rub or something, right? right. You know? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, I know you know from from having the opportunity to talk with a couple of folks that that have cards or, or you know will have cards um, that that people are genuinely excited to get a card, and there are and there are folks out there that do view it as, as, as like, Oh, now I'm going to have a card. You know, it's like, I, you know, this is like something to kind of check off the bucket list and not everybody thinks that way, but there are legit some people out there that are, that are knowledgeable enough about the game that it's like, it is, it's a bucket list thing for them. You know, it's like, I want to be in the game. So oh, I, I, I love it when I get the question, when are you going to do a card for me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you as a matter of fact, <laughs> you know, now that you mentioned it, we, that'd be great. So yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of people who I'm uh, I know who are really looking to get a card that I'm hoping to get out, you know, sometime when you know when it kind of fits in there, whether it's Prime or some other set that we got going on. There, there's definitely a, a couple of people who I know, you know, it would mean a lot to uh, to yeah. have, have and it means a lot to us, all of you. Any 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 of you wrestlers out there listening to this podcast, please. Yeah. You know, right? we're thr- we're thrilled to have you. We want you. We think you know it, it it's it's an awesome um uh, you know, relationship we have with the business and that, you know, 
you know, we're paying tribute and, and you guys are getting exposure. It's, it's, it's a win-win I think for everybody. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I think it's time for us to move on to that promoter spotlight. So, you know, we are just a few days removed from Tony Deppen winning the world television championship. We are less than 24 hours removed from a match of the year candidate between Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi for the IWGP title. We are one day away as we record this from blood and guts. Like the wrestling world is just a wonderful place to exist right now. And I have to say that it was wonderful to share some time with Pike Mojo for our promoter spotlight. We talked about wrestling. We talked about his interest in the game, uh, some of his interests outside the game. So we're really looking forward to sharing this with you, our very first promoter spotlight. There will definitely be more in the future. Uh, but right now, sit back and enjoy our interview with Pike Mojo. Uh, so growing up, uh, my mom didn't really like me watching wrestling i'm sure i'm not <laughs> the only one with that that was the case but uh kind of wasn't allowed in our house um but when she wasn't home and dad was in charge of the remote then we would watch together <laughs> so uh that was kind of my intro it wasn't like i was following things it was just here and there i'd get you know maybe a couple matches or segments or something um but then i would say it had to be around 96, maybe early 97. Um, that just, that rule went out the window. And, <laughs> uh, we started just the watching, time for the attitude era, you know? We, right, yeah. <laughs> we started watching WCW on a, on a weekly basis. And I had friends that got into it at the same time. And, of course, the video games were out, the WCW versus End of yes, World Revenge yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. So that was like a, every school, every day after school, we were playing that game and then they would come over, we'd get the pay-per-views and uh, my parents would make these giant bowls of uh, pizza rolls and we'd just sit around chowing and nice. watching some wrestling. Yeah. So that was my, my big era was, you know, probably 96 through, uh, you know, I don't know, 99, 2000, somewhere in that range. And then How it's kind of gone up and down since then. <laughs> yeah. How long did you, just out of curiosity, how long did you end up sticking with WCW? Did you switch over to WWF oh, until the at very some point? End. Yeah. No, no. Nice. They were, they were the enemy until the very end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, where did you grow up, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, excellent. So did yeah. you, um, uh, you know, with, obviously it sounds like timing wise, this probably wouldn't have been possible, but do you, did you catch any of like AWA before they went out or, or, you know, was that a little before your time? Not, nothing that I can remember at all. I don't know if my dad would have turned something on. It, I would probably been way too young to really remember anything that would have um, been on TV at that time. But my dad um, grew up going to like, sounds like they did um, Thanksgiving night matches. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um and so he grew up, and I think he said his uncle would, you know, he'd come over for Thanksgiving and he'd bring tickets for the whole family. And, the, you know, the family would go to wrestling matches on Thanksgiving night. Um, so I always heard these stories of the Crusher and Baron Von Raschke and Bashans and, and stuff like that growing up. So nice. Um, that, that's been really cool with this game, too, just to bring it back to the game already is, is yeah. all, you know, all these people that, he was telling me about are now in the game. You know, we got Baron Von Raschke very recently. And uh, that, that was a really cool one. Even though I 
have barely seen him, you know, um, <laughs> definitely not live. So it's right. definitely cool getting a good, you know, historical perspective and kind of appreciating it now, which yeah. is pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, it's and funny. That you, it makes me want to go back and watch stuff on YouTube too, you know. Right, right. I, I, for me, growing up, uh, you know, my my family was not as you know as big into it, obviously, as I was. I didn't really have many people to watch with, like a few friends here or there. Uh, but you know, when my grandfather would watch with me, he was always going back to you know names like Buddy Rogers and Luthes and Gorgeous George, and you know, telling me about those sorts of names. And my mom, for a while, actually bartended in Minneapolis, um, and oh. so the bar that she worked at, a lot of the AWA guys used to go to. Um, and so, you know, she would like, you know, wait tables on some of these guys and uh, uh, ha- had some stories, you know, about just, you know, them getting them getting rowdy or, or how nice yeah. some of them were and how she always <laughs> said that Bobby Heenan was always just so incredibly nice and kind and left good tips and was just a really, really nice guy. Um, but uh, uh, that was kind of you know, the, the most of it. And so growing up, uh, uh, you know, I was mostly just watching on my own. My sister would watch with me every once in a while, but, um, now, you know, the, obviously that period, uh, of wrestling was just a huge boom and, and, and so many people were, were tuned in. Um, were you like, were you picking up anything else along the way, like magazines, action figures? Was there anything oh, yeah. else? That kind of, oh yeah. my gosh. My room was <laughs> uh, jam packed with, action figures especially but you know i had trading cards i had basically you name it every video game that would come out yeah. i would pick it up good or bad you know yeah i remember mayhem uh it's not a good game <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> backstage yeah at least stage something too yeah yeah at least we got at least we got revenge out of there because revenge was a lot of fun um now as far as like uh you know favorite wrestlers or favorite moments of anything that sticks out you know in your mind from that time period Mm -hmm. at that time i was a gigantic kevin ash fan um i mean pretty much anything nwo i was all about that so nice um and so like Obviously, one of the big moments that stands out in my memory is uh, the uh, the lawn dart or whatever they called it, where he picked up Rey Mysterio yeah. and threw him into the side of the trailer. You know, that was just such a wow moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, I also really liked Scott Norton. Um, mm. It was a, a really big one for me, too. And that actually, I think that kind of stemmed out of that revenge video game because he was my favorite character on the video <laughs> game. And, uh, and then I think there was one time one match, I guess, where he was wrestling uh, the cat and they just had like a, a chop. He just like lit Ernest the, Mil- Ernest the cat Miller up with chops and his, his chest was just beat red, you know? I mean, yeah. that, that must've been bruised for a week. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And man, Scott Norton is, is something else and seeing his stuff, not only in WC, because the thing that was always amazing to me is that he didn't necessarily get the opportunity to do the same things in WCW that he was doing in Japan, but yeah. he always carried himself the same way. So when he came yeah. down to the ring, when he got in the ring, what he, what he did get to do, you know it was he was he was a he was a badass um <laughs> i was and the funny thing is yeah. like i was a big scott <laughs> hall fan um uh for for a, 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 quite a while there so uh we, we would have been perfect foils at the time for one another <laughs> um now at, at what point you know springing out of all of this obviously at what point did you first notice the game 
Um, so I, I can't remember what it was. I was trying to think of that today. Like, how did I hear about the game? And I actually really don't know. I, yeah. I it, it must've been, you know, an ad in the PWIs or something online. That's the, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of, but, um, I know I jumped in right after the second legend set. So that was rematch, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Todd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rematches the same one. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so I hopped in right after that, and then I remember it was just a little while later that the Brutus Beefcake and Buff Bagwell cards, I think, came yep. out. So that was like my next order. And I remember back in those days, there was like a minimum order amount or something like that. And so I was like scrambling to fill out the rest of the order so I could get Beefcake and, and Bagwell at home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that must have been around, what, about 2004 or something like that? That, that, that sounds about that right. Sounds yeah. Okay. So you started off with Legends. Did you ever um, get into Champions of the Galaxy as well? Um, I got the first box set. Um, somebody on the boards, I think it was like watching paint dry or whatever his name was, mm -hmm. something yep. like that. I think he was just trying to get more people kind of into the champions um, and vice versa. And he, he, you know, picked a random person and, and I got that first box set, but it just never quite clicked for me the way that Legends did. So sure. uh, I never went any further with it. I played, you know, a handful of cards with it and that was it. <laughs> Uh, what legends in those early sets did anybody like stick out in particular for you uh, that, that you really enjoyed using? Yeah, I love the, the Road Warriors. Um, that was they were probably one of the biggest selling points for that first um, set. Um, I remember getting really drunk, like you know, you know, people that know me on the boards know that I've gotten really into like the vintage stuff, and it was because of this game. And so I think you know Frank Gotch from that early set. You know, at the time, I had no no clue who that was. So I got that and was like, well, you know, we got to figure out who this is. So I start, you know, searching out info and stuff like that. And the same with uh, Dick Hutton. I don't remember when his card came out, but it was sometime early on. It was early on, yeah. Yeah, it was a special, yeah. special edition. edition. Yeah. So that was another one that, you know, I just had to figure out what this guy was all about. And for some reason, he became another one that I was... I really wanted to, to do well in my Fed. I remember early on, he just never really did, but I, I sure <laughs> wanted it. <laughs> oh, that's really cool, especially because obviously I was saving this for a little bit later, but this is really a perfect opportunity to bring it up. You know, the, your website, the classic wrestling articles.wordpress.com yeah. that, that you run is such a wonderful resource. And I know that like Thank Stu you. has used it as a resource for the booklets. I've used it as a resource for writing the, the, the blurbs for the last set. Um, and, 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 you know, even beyond that, I've just, I've gone to the website and just, search stuff just read yeah. things you know because yeah. it's such a wonderful so the fact that the game kind of got you into that is really cool oh, yeah. can you talk yeah, a little it, it bit would not, it would not be an interest if it weren't for this game without a doubt <laughs> so talk a little bit about the the genesis of the site and and you know maybe how you go about getting you know the the articles and you know what your process is i'd love to hear more about that sure um so there was um at that well I think around that time, there was the wrestling, or what was it? W-A-W-L-I, whatever, the Wally Papers. I don't know, I yeah, forget what that mm -hmm. stood for, but um, I remember finding those, you know, I was probably searching for stuff about Frank Gotch or Dick Hutton or some of those guys, and I found that stuff, and I found it to be really interesting, but I realized it was just not very searchable, you know? Yeah. Um, that was always 
something that kind of, I guess, annoyed me for lack of a better term about those. Um, and uh, eventually that was kind of what led to me wanting to figure out how do I create a site. I think I started saving the articles off of that early on and um, just anywhere else I was finding these articles typed up. I was just saving them to my computer. Like, like they were going to somehow disappear from the internet or something. You know? <laughs> and so eventually I had all these articles saved to my computer and started trying to figure out, well, how do I make these searchable? How do I create a site? And at that time, things like WordPress weren't really out there. Um, or at least I wasn't aware of them. I don't know. Um, so I was, finding other ways to kind of do what I wanted to do. And then once I did discover WordPress, I actually had, a, I think I had everything on a Google site um, and I had to switch everything over to the WordPress site. Um, wow. Yeah. So that took a while, but the WordPress, it's a lot better in a lot of, for a lot of different reasons than the Google sites was. So yeah, I, you know, I, I again, I, I can't really, I can't really say enough good about the site and the fact that you're able to, you know, post pretty frequent updates of, you know, putting putting new articles in there. Um, and, I've had some downtime in you know the past few years. As we, you know, life has been busy or whatever. But I kind of this year, for whatever reason, just decided I wanted to devote a little bit more time to it. And um, I've had a, actually a couple people on the site that have reached out just random people I've never met and like sent me a bunch of articles that they had typed up themselves Oh wow! from various newspapers. So that kind of made it easy that I didn't have to personally type up a bunch of that's articles. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, that's helped. Is there, um, do you know of a, of a certain wrestler that has gotten like the most search hits on the site? Do you, do you have that, that data? Hmm. Well, I know for a long time, I know, like Antonino Rocco, Roca, um, he does well on the site. But also, I have one specific article that it talks about. Um, I think it's the death of Chris Adams. Mm. For whatever reason, that one um, does does well. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's way. I mean, you know, as as sad as it might be there's so many of those you know world-class guys like him and gino hernandez in particular that stick out where i think people do have a, a very morbid curiosity of what happened because there is a lot of controversy and mystery kind of surrounding um you know both of their uh their deaths so i could i could imagine people you know checking that out for for better or for worse yeah. um it's been kind of cool throughout the years too i've had um some of these wrestling websites that i'll be doing an article on there's one that they did an article on black women's wrestlers from the past so it'll be like um i think it's ethel johnson is one of the, the major names mm -hmm. from that era like the 50s 60s 70s um and they actually link back to my site so i see for a little while that i'm gaining a lot of traffic from this other article that was written and pulled some of their information and I, so for me that's i think that's super cool because it's showing yeah that, you know it's cool to hear that the site was used for for you guys uh, putting the game together too, uh, which, um, but also that other people are using it as a, as a resource too. 
Yeah, I, I think honestly that it's one of those things that the more people that become aware of the site, the more people that will use it for those types of efforts. Um, yeah. you know, I, I know. I also for, feel like the more articles I put up, the more it's useful for people to. So I'm, sure. I'm like, that's part of the reason that I'm, I think, trying to add more is I think it's like going to could explode or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it, to me, it, it, as much as we've spoken before about the way that the Legends game in itself is, is a nice tribute to you know the past and the history and these wrestlers who, who may no longer be with us. Uh, obviously, you know, a site like this is, is, you know, really even more so because it puts that information at people's fingertips when they do get interested. And the fact that it, you know, it was born out of your interest in these names that you didn't know anything about, I think is perfect, especially... Yeah you know, in the age in which we live, there are so few people, I think, that are, um, you know, acquainted with some of these names. And, and you know, you, you might watch uh, a show in particular, like like Dynamite or something, and hear like Jim Ross, you know, say a name or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, that, that you're like, oh, who is that guy? And, and um you know, but but other organizations don't don't really do that anymore. You know, you're certainly not going to hear Michael Cole talk about Ed Strangler Lewis on WWE. You know, it's right. like so. Right. So I think that anything to preserve that history is is incredibly important because um, I, I, I think the unfortunate truth is, especially as we've seen with WWE Network and the way that it's been handled, you know, with the NBC takeover, is that. Um, there's not a lot of fidelity to the history of this business, um, even from the the largest company in the world. Um, and at one time, you know, the network was such a great mm-hmm. repository for so much of that history. So anything I think that people like yourself can do to help keep that alive is incredibly important and definitely deserves recognition. Um, so so kudos to you for for doing it because it is it is an incredible site. And if anyone listening hasn't had the opportunity to check it out, they should just you know they can pause this episode and head over to classic wrestling articles.wordpress.com. You'll get lost for, you know, an hour or so I imagine, you know, going down the rabbit hole, but it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's worth a bookmark. It's, it's worth spending time with cause there's just a lot of great history there. Yeah. And I know, if, um, you know, people, I think there's a way to subscribe and follow it or something on, on WordPress. Um, and then every time I post an article, you get it like emailed to you so you can, read it via email or click through and read on the site or whatever. So, um, but also with that, I've actually had people, family members, that's been one thing I kind of didn't expect at all. That was really rewarding with this too, is family members, you know, great, great grandsons or granddaughters or whatever have discovered the career of their relatives. Mm. through. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I, that, something like that is is pretty incredible. And then again, it's just to, a, a testament to how important this is. Uh, are there any, you know, articles that have maybe stood out to you that, that when you came across them, you were just sort of like, this is an incredible piece of, of wrestling history. And I'm so glad that, you know, I can put this on the website mm-hmm. or, or just favorite, favorite articles. I guess the ones that I really love, I can't think of a specific one. Some of the ones with like Rod Fenton were, can kind of get this way um, yeah. where you can tell that the the writer of the article, you know, feels like he, uh, he knows <laughs> a thing or two and he's figured this out. This thing isn't quite real. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can tell they're kind of playing it up with the way that they're, they're writing the article and stuff like that. That that's fun to me. Um, but I also really like the ones that get a little bit more detailed on, uh, 
the match and how it how it played out, you know, because sometimes yeah. you don't really get that. You just get a so and so beat so and so in you know fifteen minutes and two seconds, or you know, and that's literally it. But sometimes you get these long, really detailed descriptions of an hour and a half long match, and I think that's really cool too. And those are the ones I know the Legends guys definitely appreciate too. Oh, yeah, together these sure. vintage sets. So like, <laughs> what moves do we put on there? We need something. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I know that like when, you know, when I was doing a little bit of the the research, Rod Fenton was a name that stuck out to me too, because there is a lot of great stuff uh, on him. And then I think it was the Terrible Turk. Uh, there were a couple of articles uh, on him that, that were really helpful in kind of just creating a picture. And, you know, I'm not doing the same thing that Stu's doing. I mean, Stu's writing these really wonderful lengthier biographies to go in the handbook i'm just writing you know like a paragraph to 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 you know help promote the 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 piece of art that that's released but uh it was really helpful to be able to uh you know see some of these articles and get a real feel for him as as a human being and and you know wikipedia is great and there are other websites that'll have you know like like slam or whatever that'll have these articles but when you can read a contemporary you know, piece that was written about them. It, it's just, it adds so much more context. Um, so it's what's, one of the reasons. What's kind of interesting with that too, I think is you get the view of them at that time. It might not always be the actual truth, but you right. get what was being <laughs> reported or how it was being reported at that time. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's another uh, wrestler that, uh, a family member reached out to me about somebody I'm trying to get to sign. Um, but she, she feels like she's not the right family member to, uh, be able to sign off on that. So anyways, but the, this wrestler was from like Rhode Island or something, but in order to, um, like get the right character, you could see promoters were promoting him from Georgia or Texas or whatever. (laughs) And she had no idea that this was, even going on at all she just thought oh there must be somebody else with the same exact name you know (laughs) (laughs) man it's it's so interesting because i've I've been doing a lot of reading recently and uh the master of the ring which is the buddy rogers biography by tim hornbaker and then um the other book that i'm kind of going back and forth with is tuesday night at the gardens which is a jim Cordette and mark james book about louisville gardens in the 70s and uh one of the things that is so interesting about wrestling history uh are the discrepancies that you end up finding just mm-hmm. born out of the nature of the business and 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 certainly with kayfabe you, you know there were certain things that that these reporters would never know like a, like a real name or a real place of birth or, you know, a real place that they hail yeah. from. It was just, they got the information that the promoters were, you know, were telling them or that, that would, how they were being announced. Yeah. Um, but, but like you said, that kind of goes back to the idea that you, you know, you got to see how they were being written about in their time and place by someone who, you know, might be a little wise to what's going on in, in the business, but there are mm-hmm. certain pieces of information that they're just never, you know, that, that they weren't privy to that they didn't know. And, and I think it does help to create a really interesting picture. And it's great too, for promoters, in addition to the people that are doing the research and writing, but for promoters of the game, when you're putting together stuff like this, especially with vintage wrestlers, it is kind of interesting to see how they're written about, um, uh, you know, as you're writing up results and, and then that sort of thing. Um, which actually, I, to take it back to the game, uh, I, I, I could talk to you about the website all, all night, but to take it back to the game, um, you you have a Legends promotion um, that, you're, that you're currently running that you've been posting uh, on, on the boards. Um, tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, so I had started one way back when I initially started playing Legends back you know, around 2004, like we said. Um, and eventually it just kind of died out. Um, and, you know, sets kept coming out and coming out and coming out. Um, and eventually I just felt like I was so far behind. You know, each time new set comes out, you want to you want to play with somebody new, you know, there's, right. <laughs> there's a new toy to play with. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I hadn't finished things with where I was at previously. And so I would try to catch up and it just kept feeling like that's that the, the further I got out from having played that fed, uh, the less I actually wanted to play it, you know? And, sure. um, but I hated in my head, I hated this idea of rebooting. It was like a thing I hated from comic books and stuff and movies and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So I never wanted to do it. But finally, I just got to this point where I wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we're now in color and all these color sets came out. So I decided, uh, you know, maybe that was a good time to, to reboot. And I decided to kind of limit myself by sticking with only color cards. Um, so I wouldn't let myself use any of the old black and white ones, at least to kind of get started and give me a place to to start with um and i did want to include some of the indie guys too i knew yeah. i didn't want to have multiple promotions that was another thing i tried back back when and that was probably another reason i burnt out on it too sure it happens it's just yeah, too it's much tough to keep track of yeah uh yeah at least for me it was i know some people do it um but uh so yeah that's that's kind of it's i haven't played in a little bit now but i, I definitely do want to get back to it um and with my love for WCW, uh, it's kind of, I wanted to keep some of the ideas or the feeling a little bit the same. So there had to be a cruiserweight division. Yeah. Um, I called it the super cruiserweights. Um, so I could make it a little bit, a little higher uh, weight category. Um, I wanted a large roster with, you know, two major weekly shows and then the weekend shows. I always loved like Saturday night. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it called? WCW Saturday Night, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know it was six oh five. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 but uh, I always loved that and um, worldwide and and some of those shows where it was like you knew who was going to win every match as soon as you saw him come out. You know? Right. But I love some of those uh, enhancement talents that they had, like the Gambler. Just some of that uh, just goofy gimmicks that they had. You know, were still so <laughs> fun. You know, so I wanted some of that too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that um, I, probably I think towards the end of last year, I was I was following along, kind of getting caught up, and I, had, you know, posted a couple of responses, and and um, yeah. you know, before we started tonight, I, I went and, and took a quick look, and one of the things that you mentioned is the large roster, and that is evident, you know, by by the results, uh, and I know that sometimes it can be difficult to kind of balance all that out. Uh, yeah. So, how do you handle a larger roster? Um. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I do it well, but <laughs> um, the, my idea was that you kind of focus on just a handful of guys and everyone else is kind of a background player. And that doesn't mean that they're forever a background player. Mm -hmm. um, they might move to the front and somebody else move to the back. You know, um, your enhancement guys are generally not going to be the focus point, focal point of any show. Right. Um, but they might get involved once in a while on a little feud that only occurs on Saturday night or on Worldwide. Yeah, I guess that was kind of my idea is that, you know, your major feuds would kind of stick on the major shows 
Um, but there might be some side feuds that happened on weekends and, and um, kind of try to focus on just a handful of storylines happening at each point and let um, the players move in and out of those storylines. Nice. I like that. I, well, and it helps, I think, also to kind of keep things a little bit more organic that way, too. You know, it's like things can kind of surprise you and you can, you know, you can find ways to use guys that maybe were kind of in the background for a little bit and, 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 and you know, mm-hmm. shuffle things around in a little bit more of an organic way where I feel like sometimes when you deal with a, a smaller roster, it can be difficult because you do want to focus on, you know, specific like angles or feuds and, and whatnot. And, you know, oftentimes you find yourself, you know, with the dice not cooperating at a certain moment and you know you're left thinking what do I do here but I think when you have a little bit more depth it can give you the opportunity to you know to deal with some of those things in a little bit more of an organic manner although I know there are a lot of people that are very good at kind of you know focusing on a smaller pool um but I've always appreciated having a large yeah. roster you know because it takes me back to to I, I know that mm-hmm. this is might be a little out of your wheelhouse but it does take me back to to some of those uh you know like late 2090s period of, of the GWF when you had a huge roster of wrestlers and it was like you know you got that handbook from tom and it was you know like not a phone book that would be too much hyperbole but it was a thick booklet because there were just so many wrestlers uh on the roster at that particular point um well well, i have to think as a wcw fan you need to have at least 60 guys so you can have that world war three match (laughs) oh man (laughs) speaking speaking which is there any kind of like different like special events and stuff like that that you really like having uh playing out in your legends fed um my fed is fairly new i'm just a couple you know game months into it Mm -hmm. um but when i'm running five shows shows per week you know it takes me a little bit of time to roll that much so sure um but one thing that i've already kind of decided that i want to have on an annual in-game basis is uh the what i'm calling the best of the super cruisers so Mm -hmm. kind of like uh throwback to the new japan type uh cruiserweight tournaments that you know i got some of that stuff on vhs back in the 90s (laughs) Mm yeah and i just love that stuff i didn't know who half the people were but you know that was a great way to figure out who who the heck you know i don't know i can't even think of anybody (laughs) a lot of those mask guys and uh Obviously, Liger and some of those are big standouts, but um, Shinjiro Otani, I remember, was one that really stood out to me yeah. back then. He looked really kind of plain when compared to a, a Liger or someone like that, but his style was just... I don't know. It just, it just grabbed me, you know? Yeah. He's, I mean, the crazy thing about him is he's still going, like he's actually in the all Japan champion carnival that's going on really? right now. Yeah. And he's awesome. <laughs> he's just like this grumpy old, like, you know, just, just beating the hell out of some of these younger guys. And, nice. and yeah, he's, he's great. I, I am a huge fan of his. Um, but I, as I was the same way, you know, getting those videos and seeing guys like Otani and, you know, Ultimo dragon and great Sasuke and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously Liger and, and just really being drawn to what they were doing because it, it was um, very different. And even though we were getting, you know, a, a lot of, of that same flavor with the WCW cruiserweights, um, the truth of the matter is, is that, you, you know, you were getting 
like if you were lucky, you know, you were getting a match like the Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc, which is just, you know, one of the best matches ever, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, a lot of times, you know, those matches were kept pretty short. They were, you know, they were towards the beginning of the card. They, you know, Mm -hmm. the announcers were talking about the NWO and (laughs) the entire match. And so it was a little, you know, it it wasn't uh, quite the focal point. Whereas, you know, when you were watching a whole tournament that was built around it, you got some really amazing stuff. Um, So speaking about tapes, were you in the tape trading scene? Did you, you know, uh, were you were you buying tapes? Were you trading tapes? I, I bought tapes at that time. You know, in the '90s, I was probably too young to be really trading, but I definitely sure. bought. And I was probably just mostly buying from high spots, or I don't remember what else was really out there. High spots is probably the main one for me. Yeah. Um, when I got a little bit older, and I realized there was such a thing as it was, and this would have been DVDs at this point, but. You know, there were these boards. Was it Crazy Max? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was not huge on there, but I definitely was doing my fair share of trading at that point. Yeah. Um, and so I, I still have some binders full of, you know, burned DVDs that I got from all these different events. And That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I went, you know, the funny thing is, is I ended up going pretty much straight from VHS to uh like you know downloading stuff because there were there were a couple of really cool repositories then like even this is before torrents you know this is like literally you'd go to a website and you'd you know you click and download a file direct from the website and uh, Mm -hmm. i was able to put together uh you know some uh, a collection um you know this would have been like 2001 2002 of you know some pretty great stuff um um that way but but most of what i had was yeah it was just old vhs from like high spots or you know rf video or something like that what about you todd we've never actually talked about this what what did you were you doing like any tape trading or buying any tapes or anything like that not really i mean i yeah i guess i got i was out of it from 93 to 98 i was out of wrestling and kind of came back and just kind of got into the the dying days of wcw and quickly went over to WWF and kind of stuck for that for a while. Didn't really, until I got to really, I don't think I knew too much until I got to my first Galacticon in 99 and was blown away by Chad and Tim showing, you know, all these matches from Japan and ECW that I'm like, what is ECW? What's this all about? You know, <laughs> then, then it really opened my eyes to this stuff, but I think I kind of missed out of the big boom of the, you know, tape trading and stuff. I, I think, one one convention I maybe got with the uh, you know the 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 deathmatch tournament with uh, you know Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, but that's about it. Sure. You know? yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah. had that D, that that tape or DVD, you know. Right. That that was like part of the secret handshake, you know. It's like if you yeah. had that tape, you you know you were definitely a part of the club. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know we we've talked obviously a lot about the game and the and the classic wrestling articles site. Um, I, I'm curious too though, you know what what are your interests outside of, of wrestling? Like what, uh, what kind of makes you tick outside of this? Um, well, I have my, uh, my business that I've started for, for the MMA t-shirts called TKO. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I've been a big MMA fan for quite a while as well. And, um, I also play men's softball on Monday nights. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, and my son has started playing baseball the past few years, and my daughter is hoping to play um, softball once she gets old enough. And Aww. So, yeah, basically family and 
a little bit of sports. <laughs> nice, nice. So MMA, uh, anybody that you're following in particular, or any particular promotion, like stick with UFC? Uh-huh. Or I mean, obviously UFC is the, the main one, but there's Bellator. Um, one championship is out of, um, I think they're out of Singapore, but they run all over Asia. Um, they seem, they're kind of like the UFC of Asia and they travel all over, um, all over Asia. Yeah. Um, and then what else? There's bare knuckle fighting, which, um, is kind of gruesome and and awesome at the same time. (laughs) 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 Um, I got my fill of gruesome from this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Wine, but that was that was about oh, all yeah. I needed. That oh, was yeah. that was brutal. Yeah. Oh, Did you see weird. that, Todd? No, I didn't see that. Oh. Well, I, I don't know. His, I don't want like, to tell you to go watch bone. it, but no, yeah. I like I, yeah. I like the fake stuff. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I it was uh, like Sid Vicious from WCW. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you play in a softball league with him? Is that you know, uh, ah, <laughs> nice? <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I got to ask since you since you know you're into MMA uh, thoughts on Pride. I mean, it's been it's been uh, too long since they've been around, unfortunately. But we, did you did you watch Pride at all? Pride FC? Yeah, uh, I did. Um, I never really watched any events live. Sure. Um, but I got a ton of the DVDs. Um, I think I was close to having all of them at one point. Oh, wow. And then they, and then they, uh, some of them got kind of hard to track down, you know, um, yeah. a little more expensive than I was willing to shell out at that time. So, right. um, and actually the, the logo, the logo for the TKO store, um, is kind of a, homage to the old pride logo with the lightning and the fist so nice um so yeah i definitely liked it <laughs> yeah i it, it holds a very special place in my heart it was cool I when when a lot of those guys started coming over to the ufc too yeah yeah i and so anytime anybody is interested because i you know i've kind of gone in and out with mma and there have been times when i've been super into it and really paying attention and you know trying to kind of like find the young fighters that are on their way up and all that sort of thing but uh, i think what really drew me into it when I first started to get into it was, was pride. I just, you know, I just thought that there was something about, uh, you know, some of the fighters and the mix of fighters and, and, and everything, there was just a really great, uh, atmosphere in general with, with those, with those cards. And, uh, and I felt like it, it differentiated itself from anything else that was, that was going on. And, um, you know, I was, I was grateful for, for a time there. I had UFC fight pass and the fact that they had all the pride events, um, you know, after they kind yeah. of, you know, bought the, uh, the promotion and everything, it was, it was really a great resource to just go back and watch stuff. Cause like you said, those, those DVDs were really hard to track down for a while. So, mm-hmm. um, and they bought so, out quite a few other promotions too. So they had, <laughs> right. um, well, W WEC and, uh, I think WFA and Elite XC and all these other ones that, a lot of their those fighters ended up in the UFC, so you, you could go back and actually watch um, a lot of their, their old fights all in one place. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. You know, it's funny too, because now with like ESPN plus, uh, it feels like kind of similar to what happened with the network is that, you know, there's like this weird things are kind of diluted in a way because, you know, UFC fight yeah. Pass still exists, but it's not the same as it used to be. And it's, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's strange. I haven't paid much attention to it, so I can't comment too much on it. I just, I, you know, I know that there are obviously some, some big differences now, but, um, yeah, it's, it's almost like now it's called UFC fight pass, but, it's more for other promotions to, right. to, to televise their events. Yeah. All the, you know, Invicta and a uh, few, you know, they have quite a few um, that that's where, if you want to watch their events, that's where you do it, which I think is really cool, but it's, it's odd that, <laughs> that that's what it is now. Right. Yeah. Kind of drifting away from what it initially was, but I mean, obviously as, as if we've learned anything from the network stuff, there's just a lot more money to be made when, you know, you get like a big, uh, you know, company, whether it's NBC universal or in this case, Disney, you know, that's the crazy thing to me is that technically yeah. Disney is like the one that, you know, puts out all the UFC stuff now because of their ESPN plus streaming service. But, yeah. um, so, uh, uh, you know, again, keeping in mind, we, we don't want to keep you too long, but uh, I do want to ask you a couple more questions. You mentioned TKO. Tell us a little bit about yeah. TKO and, uh, you know, where, where people can find the store and, and what you've got on there. Sure. It's, uh, it's TKOstore.com. So it's T-E-E, like T-shirt, uh, TKOstore.com. Um, and just the idea was kind of to make it a go-to place for MMA fans and uh, long term, I hope that we can get um, some some more kickboxers and possibly boxers, competitive grapplers, stuff like that, where they can all host their apparel apparel stores um, on our site. Not all of them, obviously. We'll understand that everyone will ever be there, but sure, uh, it, it will be available to all of them, all in one place. Um, and to because uh, I know. I mean, it's a similar idea, you know, to like a pro wrestling tease, obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I feel like it's not uncommon for a pro wrestling fan to go to pro wrestling tees and buy shirts from five of their favorite wrestlers all in one order. Right. But right now in MMA, unless you're ordering directly from the UFC, which is only going to, going to have shirts for the top UFC fighters, uh, you just can't do that. You'd have to go to a bunch of different sites if those fighters even have any apparel out there at all. So, um, you know, we are able to, um, help them with the designs, um, make it something that's unique for them and their personalities, their fighting style. Um, and not have our name plastered all over it. Like, you know, if you think of like the old affliction shirts, you know, they might (laughs) have a George St. Pierre shirt, uh, but it still said affliction really big. And it was definitely that affliction style, you know? So, yeah, we wanted to make it, you know, if it's, you know, we work with uh, Tim Sylvia, former UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, he's going to be a very different guy than uh, we have Alexi Olenek, who is a current UFC fighter from Russia. They're two different dudes, you know, and their <laughs> shirts should not look the same in our opinion. So uh, they look totally different and um, the fighters have, um, they give input on, on the designs. Um, some sometimes they tell us exactly what they want and sometimes they just want to see what we come up with and uh kind of go from there so it gives them a way to gives fans a way to, to support the fighters so the fighters get a cut of every um sale made in their or shirt sold for the in their store and um 
uh, gives fans kind of a quick and easy place to, to get a shirt. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It, it is great. And I mean, honestly, the, the designs are, are fantastic and, and exactly what you just said about the, the fact that it, they feel different for each fighter. This isn't, you know, you're not going to, to, you know, a store and seeing basically just the same, you know, the same stuff just tweaked a little bit here and there. There are very right. different designs and, uh, and some of them are really cool, uh, uh that, <laughs> that, that I've looked at. Yeah. Um, I was actually but, able to, uh, use Werner for one of the, uh, designs too. Oh, no so. way. Yeah, you know, we he one of uh so Marco Huas is a former UFC heavyweight as well. Yeah. Um and he wanted to make something similar to one of the old shirts he had from probably, you know, the late nineties, like ninety-eight, ninety-nine, the Wild West days of the UFC, you know. Right. And um uh I just knew like myself or any of the other designers that I've been using wouldn't have that uh specific illustration ability that i knew Werner has um and so i, I hit him up <laughs> and he made great. it happen yeah that's that is so cool i i love that uh um when well, community I, comes together <laughs> there you go there you go well i could definitely say I, I definitely appreciate your design work over the years i know uh you've been helping out with a bunch of stuff that, that we've been doing and uh, i know i think when we first worked together on some of the um you, you laid out some of the indies uh, handbooks i think was some of the first things right yeah i um i i think probably like the first thing that i did in an official capacity for anything Phil Singer related was I did a couple of illustrations for the old promoter online cards. Okay. So I did like the Java Rook um, and um, Maya Singh. And there's one other, all oh, of the, the Fit Finley with the, like the WCW era Fit Finley. Oh, nice. okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I did those three. Uh, that was the like the first things I did officially, but I think working with you specifically, Todd. Yes, that would have been the the indie handbooks. And I think I maybe did like a. Um, I know you did a flyer, uh, flyer two before. Yeah, a couple flyers, and uh, I did something for the DVD release from the live event, some sort oh. of a screen capture or something like that. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. Some of the yeah, that was that might have been even one of the very first things I did before the handbooks even. Oh, very. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then obviously a couple of logos recently. I think yeah. you know, people really love the the new Indies logo that's out there. And then yeah. most importantly, I think for us right now is the roll up logo that yeah. you see on the on your podcast uh, <laughs> feed right now. So I, I absolutely love uh, what you put into that and how that one really came out. So, yeah, thank you for all your hard work on that. Yeah, you bet. I'm happy to be able to, to help out. Obviously, I love the game. I love what it does for the, the wrestling community and um, raising um, awareness or um, preserving the memory of some of these uh, wrestlers that would otherwise just literally fade off into <laughs> obscurity, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love, I love the game and I'm happy to help out in, in ways that I can. Well, it's definitely uh, appreciated. I think fans really appreciate it too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I know I do. And, 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 you know, just thinking about like the, the logo, um, which on, on the zoom call, no one can see right now. I am actually sitting in front of, uh, <laughs> as my background. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's so cool that, you know, you, you've been able to work, um, you know, on, on so many different projects with, with the company, because it, it, again, I mean, it's, it's proof positive as, as, as I am proof positive is that so many of us as, 
as fans and Todd as well as fans have you know been able to take part in you know the, the creation and cultivation of of this game and and add to that sense of community and that we you know really are kind of all working together to to, to keep that preservation of, of the game and of, of these wrestlers and um which I just think is is fantastic um to to kind of flip things uh, real quick though uh, I do want to ask you what do you what are you watching these days as far as wrestling goes is there any promotion that you're tuned into more than others not a ton really um i watch a little bit i was watching the nwa when they were on youtube um for right now i'm not following them over to uh is it fight that they're yeah okay um i think the price is reasonable and everything but i just I don't know if I'll be able to watch it all. <laughs> so, right. um, but I like uh, MLW is pretty good too. I would say those are the two. I I have uh, you know in my YouTube feed I have uh, Impact and WWE, so I kind of catch little clips here and there of whatever looks interesting <laughs> when they right. come out. You know, but I I don't I wouldn't say I watch anything super religiously or anything. Sure, sure. Um, well, is there anything else that you wanted to, to add or, or plug? Um, obviously if people want to find you on the boards, Pike Mojo, um, is is your, your handle over there. And then of course, TKO store, which is T spelled T E E K O store.com. And then obviously the classic wrestling articles.wordpress.com. But is there anything else? I think that's all. I think that's plenty for me. Right <laughs> you got all those yeah. plugs in for Foley for a cheap pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, man, Justin, thank you so, so much. This has been fantastic. You are our very first promoter spotlight. Um, that's you awesome. Know, I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was funny because we, you know, we started thinking about it and I felt, and honestly, there was a part of me that felt really awkward coming up with names. I'm like, how do I, you know, how do I do this? And Todd suggested you. And as soon as he did, I was like, yep, that's it. Like, let's, let's do it. That's, <laughs> that's the perfect you know way to start. I think, um, and uh and and i'm just yeah i'm I'm grateful that you joined us uh it's been a really great conversation we look forward to maybe doing it again sometime talking some more or just having you on for a a fun episode where we do one of todd's tournaments or something like that so uh thank you so much sounds awesome all right well there you have it our interview with justin bulka known as pike mojo on the boards todd Oh, were your thoughts of this interview? You, you, you kind of put this together for us. And I just, as soon as you mentioned, it, I thought like that's perfect for our first promoter spotlight. That's, that's what the, some of the things that we talked about since the beginning is that we wanted to, you know, really highlight the community uh, and, you know, different members of the community that, that bring a lot to making, you know, it, it's such a great, uh, um, a great group to, to talk with and to play with, share ideas with. And, you know, uh, Justin uh, has been a huge contributor for a number of years in a number of different ways. And yeah, I, I said, I selfishly, I wanted to meet him myself. I haven't gotten the chance there. So getting to meet him virtually here and, you know, hopefully, is that sometime in the future we'll get to meet maybe Galacticon next year, maybe one of the uh, Hall of Fames or something like that. They'll get a chance there. But uh, uh, great to, to talk with him. Really interesting guy. And uh, uh, I was thrilled to have uh, have some time with him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, any uh, any any thoughts? I just I, I think it's in, I love the promoter spotlight concept in general. I think it's great to to highlight folks, but Justin in particular, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes that maybe people don't realize that he's very quiet about it. He's not like somebody 
out front, like bragging about himself. But I think it's great that we were able to give him a chance to uh, sort of shine a little bit. So, I, I mean, I think it's uh, a, a very worthy first uh, promoter spotlight. Yeah, for sure. And it was definitely a situation where I think we could have absolutely kept going and, and talking. Um, <laughs> you know, it was one of those situations where it was sort of like, oh, we'll put aside half an hour. And then, you know, before you know it, like 45 minutes or so has gone by. And it's just sort of like, okay, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go home now. But at the same time, like we, we need to do this again because it was yeah. a lot of fun. And, and uh, in particular, when we got the chance to start talking about like wrestling and MMA and stuff that was maybe a little bit away from the game, just because, you know, his experience, I feel like with professional wrestling uh, is different than mine. And, and so it's always interesting to kind of hear from people that have, you know, a different experience. It's one of the things too, that I love sometimes talking about like with the legends guys or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, Chad growing up with AWA and stuff like that. It's like, that's very different from the experience that I had or Tim with, you know, his seventies, you know, WWF knowledge and that sort of stuff. So, um, so that was cool. And, and again, I look forward to, to the next promoter spotlight. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to having one probably I'd say post Galacticon. Would that be right, Todd? I Might think we're going to have some, we're going to have something in the lead up to Galacticon. So we're, we're actually going to have a, probably a couple of different guests in the month of, of June, just you know, kind of reminiscing about past Galacticon. So I think yeah, we'll definitely have you know one at least one going on in the month. That's that's why I ask you because you breaking know, news, yeah. game fan. I breaking don't. news. Here <laughs> you go. Spoiler by the, by the tournament master. That's right. Um, well, hey, it's been a jam packed episode. Uh, there's really cool news. Obviously, we've got uh, Bill After coming in color. We've got uh, Crust has been announced for FTR. We got Tony Deppen coming for the indie side. Uh, we've got Scotty Riggs winning the uh, Legends poll for Promoter Prime. Uh, so just you know some great great cards. And then, of course, Galacticon, Galacticon. <laughs> doesn't get any bigger or better uh, for for game fans this time of year. So um, I don't have anything else. Mike, you got anything else? I got nothing else, Sam. Just glad, glad to be with you and everybody else out there right now. And, you know, like you said, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Great time to be a fan of Phil Singer Games. Absolutely. Todd, you got anything else for us? Uh, no, just, uh, yeah, make sure to you know keep on following there. We got uh, our big, uh, well, I will say the big thing, the pre-order will go up, uh, on Friday, the seventh. So make sure that you, uh, are there, uh, on pre-order day, get, get your orders in. I think we will have some, uh, big announcements, big announcements, very big announcements that very big. Yeah. Very big. So, uh, including Todd's favorite, perhaps all time legends of wrestling card. Yes, absolutely. This the one, one that I've been thinking about for a while. So, uh, I'm very excited for people to find out about that one. Oh, I can't wait for to talk more about it on the show. Um, make sure you are hitting that like or subscribe button. Uh, give us uh, a, a review. Uh, you know, show us some love. Uh, get the word out there because the more that you do that for us, the more that other people who might not know anything about the game could possibly see the podcast. And then once uh, they do that, then hopefully they're buying the game. And of course, as the community grows, the game gets stronger. We all get stronger, and uh, you know, the, the possibilities are endless for for where this whole thing can go. So, um, you know, you, you show us some love. We'll continue showing you love, making sure that we get uh, really, really good game additions together for you uh, and signing all those folks that everybody wants to have. Uh, also, of course, want to throw out a shout out to Joe Breakdown, Troy, Rob, Pariah, Tim Dalton, Travis, Lee, Z, 
Zeke, uh, Kevin Butcher, Chad, and Corey. Thank you so much for the comments and the conversation on the message boards about the last episode with our, our draft analysis. Um, and uh, we look forward to coming to you next week. Todd, what do we have next week? So next week, we got a little bit of a different concept. Uh, so if any of you listen to Uncharted Territories with uh, Corey's birthday party, we did an AWA tournament there, uh, kind of our favorite AWA wrestler. So we're taking that the, the tournament concept and making it into a show here next week. So we'll have a couple different uh, special guests coming on uh, from the Phil Singer Games uh, uh, fan universe to kind of help us break down uh the topic and we're going to find out what is our favorite uh location in the champions of the, in the champions of the galaxy universe so uh join us for that it should be a lot of fun a little bit different than just the three of us talking uh we'll have a, a number of us on there and uh you'll, you'll find out next week uh when you uh when you listen Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. The tournament was a lot of fun uh, for, for Corey's birthday party over on Uncharted Territory. Certainly want to give those guys a shout out. Keep following along uh, with what they're doing. Um, uh, obviously, uh, they, they put together some really great stuff recently. They did their Club Galactica reports um, on their last episode, which was really cool to to kind of, you know, peel back the the, the time and and look at uh, things from yesteryear. Um, and, and back before to, podcasts. To <laughs> shout out to Mark Ashry for being on that. Always cool to hear uh hear mark uh on the airwaves there yeah absolutely absolutely um so we're gonna go home we're gonna get out of here but uh it has been a great time we really appreciate uh, pike mojo for joining us for the promoter spotlight that was a lot of fun and uh remember galacticon information is available right now on the website so you can get all the details and uh make sure you start thinking about that saving up your money for what will be an amazing auction i am sure uh in and, oh yeah uh, <laughs> todd got yeah, some special Special goodies in the mail today, I think. <laughs> I got some goodies in the mail today uh, from uh, Kevin Butcher. I, I know Mike Fortune's got some stuff he's working on. Uh, I think a lot of people are really excited about contributing stuff to the auction, which is so, so cool. So, you know, whether you're there in person or online, you know, definitely make sure you're you're there for the auction. I think that part, I'm trying to aim to make sure it's 4 o'clock Eastern, so it's a good time for everybody to be on there and be able to participate. If you're there, you know, again, virtual or, on, or, or in person, Person, uh, definitely be there. We're going to have some really, really cool stuff uh, to auction off there. And I think we'll probably start running through a couple of those things. Uh, you know, uh, in the month of June, we'll kind of spotlight a couple of those items each week. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, Mike, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Good to see your face, Todd. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. All right. Thank you all for listening. Take care of yourselves and one another in the meantime. And we will be back very, very soon with another episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast.